1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic, Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of Brewhoop.com, Frank Men. And bringing you tonight's podcast is The 608. Again, you can go to The608.com. Those are words, not numbers, in the uh, URL there, The608.com for videos, their message board, and more. It's The608 Show. Wisconsin-based, Wisconsin talk. You won't find anywhere else. Find The 608 Show wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder that you can get Locked On Bucks on the brand-new podcasting app Himalaya as well, Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can get them all those places, but you can also get them on the new podcasting app Himalaya. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked On on bucks so you can get all of it there uh great new partners that we're very happy to have obviously in the 608 and also with the app himalaya so go out and check all of that out but frank um last night kane and i teased it and um you know we are very concerned about you Uh, that's 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 literally all we do is we just worry about frank madden our good friend and you know i'm your wife suffers a tough loss of, you know, 108, 94, her rockets go down, you know, Christian Wood has a big night. And I, I know that means it was rough in the woodlands, just, you know, right. one, thanks for actually coming back to the podcast. I was a little bit concerned we were going to lose you for, for much longer, but you know, how are you feeling now having having a little bit of time to kind of comprehend all of
0: this. Well, first off, I mean it was a, it was a great night in the Woodlands because once a citizen of the Woodlands, always a citizen of the Woodland. <laughs> um, I I saw him hit a three. Uh, I was watching actually the end of the uh, or the the I guess it was the Rockets Pelicans game the other day with my wife. My wife uh, <laughs> and Wood hit a three at the end of the third quarter. and I was like, oh, nice, Christian Wood getting some run. And then he like didn't play at all really in the fourth quarter, which was strange to me. Um, sure. But, uh, so, no, I'm, I'm rooting for, for Christian Wood, I, you know, I'd like to see him do well. I mean, it'd be weird if he was, like, you know, if he ever became, like, really good, but I, I don't think he's going to be, like, you know, a star or something. Um, but, uh, no, I, I'd still like to see him do well, um, and I'm traveling this week for work, so I, I didn't have to be in the same zip code as my wife during the game. Uh, yesterday same was true actually in january i was traveling during the first rockets bucks game so we didn't have to and we didn't i talked to her tonight and facetimed with my daughter my wife and we didn't we'd not speak of the game at all yesterday um (laughs) and in in part that's because my wife also um was went out last night she actually was not home for the game and uh so my wife consumes generally three types of things in terms of tv content uh nba basketball um As I've said, she probably watches more random NBA games than I do. She just likes having it on. She'll just put on like random NBA TV, like studio shows, like while she's knitting, (laughs) which is her favorite hobby. Uh, It's like soothing to her. Um, So, NBA Which she did
1: while we recorded the live podcast as well. Like she was just hanging out, knitting, and enjoying it.
0: And watching a Rockets game while while we were podcasting live in front of her. Um, But uh, so NBA basketball. also, um, murder shows, i.e., like true crime shows, okay. First Forty Eight, uh, stuff like that, like
1: Forensic you know, Files. Is that is that a oh, show?
0: She's, yeah, she's watched like all Forensic Files okay. uh, stuff, um, and some of it's like pretty bad like uh, investigation discovery is is an actual channel it's like a sub channel (laughs) of discovery channel she loves that she just pretty much like records everything from that um and then the third the third thing she loves is rupaul's drag race um which i also have like watched i I watch with her as well which is a very entertaining show um so that's a very weird cross section of of tv content that she (laughs) likes and so actually last night she went to a drag show with one of her friends while i was traveling so she was not actually out uh, or she was not at home watching, uh, watching the That's game. That's uh, great. We had a babysitter. My daughter was not just left to fend <laughs> for herself. Um, so, yeah, so there was no awkwardness around uh, around the Rockets game. Um, and actually, I will say this, since becoming a mother, my, my wife, I think she takes games, she doesn't really, she used to get, like, really into games, into Rockets games. Like, she's more, definitely more measured. Like Frank now.
1: Madden yelling into a pillow levels of, like, um, into
0: not quite that much um she, she's definitely <laughs> let parenthood sort of moderate her um you know sort of you know emotional highs and lows uh, around sports which is that seems know, healthy very healthy i have not done that i would say um <laughs> that has not happen happened with me um but anyway so that was fine so it was fine i mean really the only thing i was negative about yesterday which you you didn't you didn't really hit on was the fact that I felt like it was a wasted opportunity. I really wanted to see Giannis like, you know, drop 30 on the Rockets, you know, which isn't exactly a a tall order. Um, I was bummed that he was kind of so sloppy offensively and the Rockets, you know, did a pretty good job containing him. And um, I was very thankful that Harden was not great. And obviously Eric Bledsoe and the Bucks defense had a lot to do with that um, because it would have sucked if, you know, Harden dropped 40 and Giannis had his game and, especially if the Rockets actually won the game. Um, Because again, I I definitely feel like a lot of people were, were treating that game as like a referendum on the MVP, which again, whether voters were treating it that same way, I don't know, but I feel like there is a very real, there is a very real sense to, I think it's close enough that, you know, kind of the narratives and the TV coverage and stuff can, can definitely sway things. And so I think absolutely that game could have swung things. I, I think ultimately I don't really think it will have much of a swing effect um based on just how neither guy was was awesome and the bucks were at home and they won and you know which again was impressive but not like disqualifying for james harden's MVP candidacy or something so i don't think it had will ultimately have that much of an effect but it, i think it could have
1: did you see howard beck's response to me uh at all during the game I, I i'm not sure if you were watching the game live and if you had your twitter feed out in front of you
0: I I did not have my Twitter feed in front of me. I was, uh, I did, I was able to watch all of the game. Um, I started by watching, I landed, uh, in, um, uh, at a small airport in Tennessee last night, right. Mm -hmm. As the game was starting. And so I watched probably about the first 30 minutes on my phone while riding in a, in a, in a coworker's rental car. And then I, checked into my hotel room and then i watched the remainder of the game uh on in my hotel room uh on my tv but i was not really f- f- tweeting or following twitter during the game and to it's be tough. honest i mean people people might notice this i really don't tweet nearly as much during games anymore like i just find i, I just kind of enjoy more just like kind of watching the game and not tweeting and stuff i feel like i can just kind of process and enjoy the games a little bit more which maybe is bad for my twitter brand but uh, so good <laughs>
1: Um so I think it was in the fourth quarter um our friend Matt Moore had tweeted that um I'm trying to pull up the exact tweet here not the envil- not the MVP battle we wanted but the one we needed so that people wouldn't use this one late march non-conference matchup to determine MVP and you know I quote tweeted that and I said you know, I spent my day doing radio hits discussing whether or not this game would be weighted, you know, too heavily when it was time to vote. And I said that it would. And, you know, this outcome means it likely won't. And obviously, you know, like what I was mean with outcome was not whether or not the Bucks won or or the Rockets won, but just that in that game, neither player had, you know, a huge monster, like just, just a huge game. And Howard Beck, who obviously like I think both of us respect to the nth degree, um, had responded to that and said, I can only speak for myself, but I've never voted based on a single game or head to head matchup or even a series of head to head matchups within a season. It's an 82 game award. It's not about a quote moment, which seems like a more recent and then in parentheses and I think flawed notion." just my two cents and you know i responded to that and said you know i'm with you it's a long season though so i could see it being used as a tiebreaker of sorts you know if you're struggling to decide between the two and then you have the recency bias of a head-to-head matchup in the final weeks fresh in your memory you know maybe that could sway it and he said i guess but i'm not sure anyone actually votes that way and you know obviously i i love howard's input and it's great to you know kind of get him to be a part of the, uh, of the discussion just because, you know, I I think Howard has such a good feel for, for kind of everything. And, you know, at the end of it, I said, you know, obviously I'm going to defer to you. You're going to have a better feel uh, of this than I would, but you know, it is kind of interesting to think through all of this. And, you know, I think we hear how close the votes are. And, you know, I think we hear from so many people they're trying to decide all of this, that, you know, to me, it, it didn't really seem crazy that, If you were on the fence, and then all of a sudden in this game, Harden comes off and has I don't know like a like a forty five point game and in the Rockets win over the Bucks, or you flip it around and Giannis has a forty five point game, Harden has a little bit of a down game because the Bucks defend him well. That you know at the end of that night, you I mean. I don't think I'd be shocked that someone would say like, oh, you know, I can't really decide. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of weeks from now, they're like, oh, you know, actually, I remember that last game that those two played, and you know, Harden was just kind of helpless against the Bucks' defense, and Giannis was just dominating. Like, the, the, I, I was honestly kind of surprised to hear Howard think that you know, like there there wouldn't be some people out there that, uh, and again, he he was primarily speaking about himself, but, you know, by the end of our conversation, it was kind of like, you know, I I don't think voters would treat it that way, that you'd have a head-to-head and eventually whoever, uh, you know, one that head-to-head, you know, couldn't be used as some sort of tiebreaker to decide between Giannis and Hart.
0: Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing from Howard is not that he wouldn't view this as a tiebreaker because I think Howard's generally a thoughtful, you know, responsible voter, um, I think the interesting thing is his claim that he doesn't think people this way, which, you know, is, is that, that to me is the interesting piece, because if that's the case, I I think that's yep. great. Um, I think the voting, um, I think generally like NBA voting has gotten a lot more responsible. I think there's a lot more, I think like the bubble of like, you know, NBA Twitter and um, people having their votes public and all this stuff. Like, I think a big positive is that, I mean, you could say like there's more echo chamber effect, but I think in this case, it's actually largely a positive thing in the sense that, you know, people aren't sitting in their home market, just like viewing it through their lens of, you know, the guy that, um, I've seen the most or, uh, you know, applying the standard that like I've applied the last 15 years and I, I don't care about, you know, advanced analytics or other sides of this that I should be considering. So, um, so hopefully that's the case, you know, I I hope, I hope that's true. Um, I, I think we'll, we'll see um I mean it it'll be quite some time before we obviously we see uh who who the ultimate winner of this award is but um but yeah I mean and then I think that the the takes that you know I, I'm kind of at the point like where just just I, I just don't think like I, I think the idea that like um you know and I, th- I think it was was it like Mike Greenberg that's it's Mike Greenberg right the greenie guy from ESPN. yeah
1: yeah Um, who like
0: once was on a zach Lowe podcast i guess he covered the bulls in the 90s but like i've never listened to him i don't like watch or listen to his radio show frequently but like whenever i've heard him talk about the nba like i don't he does not strike me as like a guy who's like you know living and breathing nba like he's a you know talking head radio guy who has to pay attention to a lot of sports and um, I'm not really sure he's watched many bucks games or I don't even know how many, <laughs> how many Rockets games he's watched, but I just saw some clip of like him saying it's like ridiculous if somebody else other than Harden wins the MVP or something like that. And th- that's, that stuff. Just like, I just don't understand that. I mean, it's just like, I, I mean,
1: if you like, say like, it's something is ridiculous or something is obvious or, um, you know, like you should, you should have your vote taken away. If you vote for someone other than this person, like, uh, between these two, like, uh, uh, and again, I, I think Bucks fans haven't been spurned in the same way that Rockets fans are. So, um, I, just speaking from experience, I think Rock, like Bucks fans are a little bit more reasonable on this. Like, I feel like if you can look at this MVP, uh, you know, kind of battle or race or whatever you want to call it, and say that, well, it's obvious that it's it's this person. Like, I just feel like you're not paying attention. Like, if you think it's obviously Harden or it's obviously Giannis, like you're just not paying attention to actually like what is happening out there. Like it should be a close race between those two.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't, I mean, if someone says, you know what, I think, I think to me Harden is the MVP. Like, I think that's, that's fine. You know, yeah. I, I think reasonable people, cause I think part of this is like, you know, again, the, the criteria, there is no set criteria. I mean, the criteria is open for interpretation. Um, you know, I think obviously the one that we, we hear, I think the, the one that will, at this point, I think Giannis is still somewhat the betting favorite. Um, and I think the, you know, the best player on the best team argument is still one that carries a lot of weight, especially when the best player on the best team is also arguably just the best statistical player in the league period. Anyway, you know, I mean, like, yeah. you know, if like, I mean, th- there are teams that have had great records that, um, you know, like, so when the Hawks won sixty games, nobody was talking about Al Horford as an MVP candidate, right? I mean, like, no. so there are there are reasonable limitations to that hypothesis, but um, you know, so I, I think um, I think it's again, you know, it's it's just they the Harden and, and Giannis are very different types of players, and they've had very different types of seasons under very different circumstances. So I think there is certainly an eye of the beholder type view to this, right? Because you know, even the well, the Giannis is you know. Incredibly dominant statistically, you know. Like I always mention, um, Andy Bailey. Uh, I think this is at Andy Bailey or at Andrew Bailey on Twitter. You know, he compiles these um, the advanced ads at Andrew D Bailey on Twitter. Um, he always compiles these aggregations of all the kind of like advanced metrics and like who's the consensus best player. And um, it's remarkable how often in the last you know thirty years or so, the guy who finishes first in sort of the aggregation of all these advanced metrics, even before we knew what these advanced metrics were <laughs> like before yeah. RPM was something or RAPM was ever a thing, you know, um, and he doesn't use RAPM, but he uses RPM, PIPM. Um, I think he uses wind shares and PER. And you know, it was kind of the usual sort of like catch all metrics that you hear people talk about. And Giannis is, is leading that right now. Harden was at one point earlier this year. Giannis is now. Um, and t- typically the guy who went, who's first has won MVP. Um, I think there's also basketball references, like a, it's an MVP odds, um, kind of calculation. And I think Giannis was like at 55% and Harden about half that last I checked. So, you know, there's sort of like these models that look and see what has typically I think the basketball reference one is more like modeled on what has actually led to like people winning MVP. um, Whereas the other one is more just correlated with how MVP has voted. Um, But look, I mean, you know, I I think they're, they're Harden's unique circumstance where the Rockets were kind of like looking like they might, like be really, disapp- really disappointing and not even make the playoffs for a while. And yeah. then everybody got hurt and he put on this just, you know, superhuman scoring streak. Um, I think that's absolutely like a legitimate claim to saying this guy is, if not the MVPs, he's right there. And so, um, you know, and, and I think he's improved defensively enough that you can't just like disqualify him based on his defense. Cause I think um, maybe not as, certainly not as a team defender, he's not Giannis as a defensive impact guy, clearly. Um, but he's become at least an, an adequate defender, and, and actually a, a pretty good um, uh, individual defender, one-on-one defender. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a um, it's it's a philosophical debate in many ways, and I agree. I think if you you know if I want to hear someone say that like you know, and mainly I'm I'm hearing it from the like media, you know, like Stephen A. Smith and um, and uh, and Mike Greenberg, uh, kind of be like, oh, like why is why is anybody even like Thinking of it's somebody other than Harden. I mean, to me, it's and, and I'm sure you know there's Bucks fans who think it's ridiculous that Giannis might not win, right? And I would I would say even to that sense, like it's this is a close race, you know, and, and ultimately a lot yeah. of it kind of comes down to um, your perspective and and how you're kind of judging it. And um, I think both guys are are worthy. In, in any other year, you know, under different circumstances, are worthy of of winning this championship or this this MVP. I I mean. Shout out to Howard. I complained last year about how he kind of poo pooed the Bucks' talent level and when Kidd was fired, and made it seem like they couldn't have really expected to be that much better. Um, but he did retweet my my tweet over the weekend about uh, Giannis's offensive, kind of incredible offensive season, which I think has been overlooked because I was just looking at the numbers. I mean, you know, you look at his usage rate. I think by the Basketball Reference method, it was like thirty two percent. And, or his points per 36, which was like about 30, even it's under 30 now that he had that game last night. But, um, but if you look at his like per minute scoring or his usage and you pair that with his true shooting percentage, 64.4% going into last night, Steph is the only guy who's been able to match that true shooting percentage (laughs) with either that scoring volume per minute or that usage rate. I mean, even Durant, um, in his best scoring season didn't do that, which is incredible. Um, and so, and it's not like you can say, well, it's, it's because he's got Giannis's three point shot <laughs> and he's like, you know, that's not why, you know, Giannis individually doesn't, isn't some offensive efficiency marvel because he can, he's allowed to shoot three pointers or whatever, right? That's, that's not part of it. In fact, he's shot poorly on threes and, and free throws this year relative to his previous year. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think people understate sort of how historic of an offensive season he's having um, just as a scorer and. So shout out to Howard for retweeting that and getting it a little bit more out into, into public view since he has a lot more followers than I do. Um, I mean, while uh, we're yeah. here,
1: shout out to Howard for also sharing my story about Giannis and
0: the MVP. There you go. Wow. There you uh, go. Friend of new, we've, we've, we've bridged the, we the olive branch <laughs> after last year, you know, new friend of, of Buck nation <laughs> sure. Howard Beck. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, It's interesting. I mean, I, 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 it was, it was, it was kind of weird because I thought Giannis was, you know, very much the likely MVP candidate. Then, then Harden drops those two, just monster scoring games. And, you know, I start to think like, okay, like, is this going to like reignite sort of the Harden MVP narrative in some way that um, edges it back in his way. And so I really viewed, um, I really viewed this game um, between the Bucks and Rockets as like, you know, just didn't, it wasn't like Giannis had to like, destroy the rockets and Harden had to be terrible to, for it to be a good thing. Like in a lot of ways, it like a stalemate, you know, was kind of a good thing. Um, it's kind of like uh if you're a soccer fan, like in a champions league, like first leg you go on the road and you get an away goal and tie the other team. It wasn't a win, but you got that valuable away <laughs> goal. And you know, you're, yeah. you're set up well, like you kind of have the yeah. edge, even though it wasn't a, a, an outright win, obviously the bucks, you know, literally win, did win the game. So that's the most important thing. Um, but, but yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing happened to disqualify Giannis and Harden didn't do anything to, you know, leapfrog him if he was in fact, you know, behind or, or extend his lead if he was in front. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. Right. I think, you know, again, the bucks, uh, you know, I think Giannis said, I mean, they've got eight games, you know, for the other game, you know, they got eight games left. They want to win them all. (laughs) <laughs> i think this was when they had 55 wins um you know they want to win every game and you know winning winning will be winning is all, he, is all he needs he said that in the Woj interview too like you know what's mvp and it's almost like he's you know like kind of alluded to in your piece like he's just sort of tired of even like having to go there about this um but you know it's just winning and that's what he cares about and um you know i think is kind of staying above the phrase is, is good and um i'm glad uh that uh nike didn't publish a weird uh <laughs> ad in the, in the houston chronicle because i that was just really really weird that that happened <laughs> there's another word
1: it, for it. it you can say it it was
0: lame lame <laughs> was lame. Say, lame thirsty uh i don't know yeah all of those um, words by the way is brook is brook lopez an, an adidas guy yes yeah it was kind of weird because i think I think Lori, I didn't know anything about it. And then I think Lori Nichol, um, had a, like an interview with him, like showed it to him and asked him what he thought. And I was like, and Brooke was like being very diplomatic. And, uh, I was just like, wait, well, isn't Brooke an Adidas guy. Like, I don't think he's going to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it was actually funny. Cause like Lori, Lori's great, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, I, I wish I was half the feature writer. She is, but, um, like we were talking a little bit after and she was like, Oh, just, she's like, Eric, who, is his, who is his who's what shoes does he wear and i was like he wears adidas you're good and she was like oh thank god um and i was like no like you weren't i mean like honestly i kind of wish he was a nike guy so he could have like yeah gone, you know, gone for it gone for it a little <laughs> bit more uh and then matt velasquez and i were joking with Lori, and i was like honestly like with his uh with as fun as Brook is, like you should ask him. You, you should ask him to like narrate the whole thing, like straight up, just like read it, like a dramatic uh, reading of, of this article. It, that would have been hilarious because it, it definitely would have been up, uh, would have been up Brook's alley. But it, you know, it is interesting. Like at listening to uh, Brian Windhorst talk about it a little bit on the jump today, he was just like, you know, like uh, I'm on the fence, like trying to decide between Giannis and Harden. And you know, like when I see Harden take out a full page ad in like the Milwaukee journal Sentinel, like I'm thinking in my head, like, just like, does, is he scared? Like, like what, like, what are, you know what I mean? Like, why do it? Like, why, why take out that ad? And he's just like, you know, like you're the fat, like you're the reigning MVP. Like if anyone should be like, in some ways desperate or thirsty for attention or, or like, whatever it is, like, shouldn't be the guy that's chasing you. And then he was like, and again, like I'm not saying this, and he's like I'm not thinking this way, but like in my head, you know, like I, I think people could logically kind of go through this and say, like, you know, is is Harden actually concerned that Giannis is worthy of that? Like, is like is he actually concerned that Giannis very much deserves it? Or, you know what I mean? Like, just as you think through, uh, you know, allowing your shoe company to go out and put this ad out. Well, like I mean, people are going to make some extrapolations from it, aren't aren't they? Like th- that is kind of how all this works. And yeah, I, I just thought like when Lori walked in with that ad, I was just, I was shocked. Uh, if I'm being totally honest, like before the before the game when she walked in to shoot around and showed me that, I was just like, "Are, are
0: you serious? Like
1: that's that's a real thing." Um. So,
0: did, uh, did this, has this thing run in any other? No. Like I I just like what. No. Why why would that be like it's so weird. I mean, it's like in many ways even more baffling than the whole Donovan Mitchell like trying yes. to trying it's, to think about Ben Simmons being eligible for rookie of the year thing. It's just like, what what do you why is this even like the angle you're taking? It just seems
1: It's a strange play as a brand. Like it, yeah. it just and, I think I go And ahead. I
0: I just assume that I mean, I don't I mean, I mean I just assume like Harden wouldn't know much about whatever they're doing i mean i don't know if they would do this without him having any idea um yeah i'm sure he's not sitting around dreaming up the angle for them to take but it is but also he walked so in with
1: he walked in with pj tucker that had an i'm with the mvp shirt like
0: that's so weird
1: was that was i, I can't imagine that was a surprise right like, yeah. like i don't think pj tucker was just like hey by the way james i had this shirt made that says I'm with MVP. So, you know, if, if we could, like we should walk in together. So like the arrows pointing to like, there's no way that surprised him. So I don't know. It, it is just, it's really strange. And I, I was talking a little bit uh, about this with Sparky on the big show uh, on Tuesday before, before the game. And, you know, we were kind of talking through just like, why is it that Harden wants it so much? And you know, I'm not to say that Giannis doesn't want it. Obviously, and in our interview, he made it very clear that the winning an MVP does mean something to him, and, and that is a goal of his. You know, so that it, it's not that it means nothing to Giannis, but like just the fact that Harden's going so out of his way, and you know, I think it is kind of hard to. It, in some ways, I think it's kind of hard to comprehend just why it is. But you know, I, I guess like you know, maybe there is some of that hardened fatigue. Some of that hardened backlash, where people don't like the way that he plays, people don't, you know, want to vote him for the MVP again. People are jealous about how often he has the ball in his hands during a game. Like, I guess it, it's probably all of that fueling fueling Harden so that in in some ways he can he can join the two MVP club, and then all of a sudden his MVP last year isn't a fluke. I, I, I suppose, um, but it is it to me the, the last month I've kind of spent a bunch of time thinking like, you know, like why, why is he campaigning for it? So hard. Like he, he is really kind of trying to go out of his way to, to go and get that MVP. And uh, obviously Giannis, like that's just, he, he can't bring himself to do it. He can't, it's not in his character to, to go out of his way to do that, to campaign or, you know, even to have his teammates do it for him. Like that, that's just not something that he'll do. So I, I don't know. It, it is just to me a, a really interesting uh, kind of idea. And I guess we haven't really had a chance to talk about my article at The Athletic. And again, I'm always uncomfortable plugging my own work, but that's okay. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, uh, you should do that. I think it's it's a good idea. I think there's plenty of good reads for you, whether it's mine or someone else's. And, you know, while I'm here, I also want to remind you about a podcast that you need to put in your rotation. It's called The 608 Show. Host Corey Kaiser dives into everything Wisconsin sports with a raw and comedic style you won't find anywhere else. How about this? For a recent list of former Badgers guests, Monty Ball, Zach Showalter, Joe Showbert, and Zach, Jack Cicci. That's the second time I've done that. It, it, the... The Sitchy part always makes me want to say Zach, but it's Jack Sitchy. And not just your normal sports conversation, but a deeper dive into their lives. Also, inside on the Bucks' playoff push, the 2019 crew looking to build on last year's run. Opening day is today. That's excellent. And all the off-season notes in Green Bay, everything Wisconsin sports has to offer. New shows drop on Friday, so don't miss out. Head to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast and search the 608 show the 608 all one word show while you're at it visit their website the608.com those are words not numbers the608.com for videos their message board and more it's the 608 show wisconsin-based wisconsin talk you won't find anywhere else find the 608 show wherever you get your podcasts and a reminder to get the show every day subscribe to lockdown bucks on the new himalaya podcast app in an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personality, curated playlist, and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Bugs. And Frank, I guess just kind of thinking about that article a little bit, um, I think the the comments giannis had about the mvp i think obviously stick out where you know he tells me that okay so whatever at the end of the year i'm i'm the mvp i'm not the mvp the playoffs are still going to exist the playoffs are still going to happen i still want to win a first round playoff series i still want to go to the eastern conference finals i still want to go to the finals like it, when you think through all of that I, I don't think any of that really surprises bucks fans but i, I think that's probably the the most specifically, he's kind of articulated all of this that, you know, like, it, the, the MVP does mean something to me, but it is about the playoffs. It is about doing something more. But uh, I thought some of the more interesting stuff came at the end of the article where, you know, I, I kind of broke down the differences between him and James Harden and how he's adjusted to uh, – I'm not gonna say not having the ball as much because the touch numbers kind of all make the are about the same as they were under Jason Kidd, but you know, how he's adjusted to playing in Bud's system. Um, you know, how Bud thought that at the start of the year he was really gonna have to teach Giannis how to be a great passer and really see the floor. But obviously he he was already quite good at that. And and then, you know, at the end, just the the kind of discussion that they had about Giannis saying he wants to play more. Bud saying he shouldn't play more. Uh, opening night against the Pacers, uh, Giannis gets taken out with 6:40 left and doesn't re-enter the game. And uh, he tells me he was pissed off about it, and uh, he was really pissed on the on the sideline and just couldn't handle it. And then you know how he spent the next month, kind of every single time he came out of the game, just complaining that he shouldn't come out of the game, and you know eventually. Bud saying like, and Bud and Ben Sullivan um, kind of saying like, Giannis, like, you gotta cut that out. And him eventually agreeing to it. Um, and that, just all of that seems so interesting to me because Giannis is so competitive. He wants to play so much. And then, uh, you know, me kind of ask, like, like I asked, you know, why'd you take to it so quick? Like you're, you're a younger guy. Um, you know, you're so competitive. I could see this kind of going on for the whole year. And he, I thought it was one of the more interesting quotes in the entire thing was him just saying, you know, there's no winning with bud. You can't win uh, against him. He, he will shut you down. And the fact that he said under J kid, you know, they could have a conversation and, you know, in the end, if you brought up a point that J kid, liked, you know, maybe he'd favor you. He'd let you play a little bit longer or whatever it may be. But with bud, he, he brings it up and bud just goes, "Eh, nah, like, No, no, that's not going to happen. Like, we're going to do things my way. You know, I I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff in there and and just kind of the dynamics of all of that. But uh, I'm I'm curious, uh, one, you know, if you thought anything about any of those things, but also just kind of the idea of Giannis trying to push back against bud but eventually bud just having you know this you know kind of personality that says no Giannis, like you're not gonna get to do what you want you, you're gonna do a, what i want and we're gonna do things the way that i want to do it
0: yeah i thought that was um a really interesting like the the comments from Giannis are really interesting just because they i think gave us some some insight into kind of Giannis's mindset around his playing time and some of these things that you know, we might we might assume that he might want to play more or or exactly how, you know, kind of like the, the evolving nature of the relationship between him and Bud and kind of how they all kind of were trying to figure things out and like contextualizing like his comments earlier in the year of not feeling comfortable about where, you know, where he kind of needed to be in the offense. So I, I thought it was an interesting sort of, mm-hmm. um, you know, addendum to a lot of the kind of ideas that came out early in the season. Um, and in sort of showing how those have evolved. Cause I mean, you know, the, the relationship between bud and Giannis and all the other bucks is still very short in the grand in the grand scheme of, you know, life certainly. Um, but even, you know, sports. And so, yeah. um, you know, I think that's always one of the fascinating things about um, coaches, right? Like the coaches more so than, than players. We just sort of view as this sort of just like these static characters and they're either good or bad. And, if you were bad, then, you know, like if suddenly your team is better, we just sort of attribute to like luck or things like that. But we don't, I don't think we necessarily like give coaches the same room for like growth and improvement and building relationships that, you know, probably exist, probably exists just because we're too kind of busy trying to figure out whether they're just good or bad, you know? And reality is that I think there's a lot of, you know, probably there's a lot of growth and change. And also some guys probably, get worse because they don't figure out how to adapt with the league as, as it changes. Right. Um, So I thought it was just generally very, very interesting in that regard. And, um, you know, I thought a lot of what, you know, like the, the Woj, um, the Woj uh, interview that came out tonight, I thought in a lot of ways was kind of like the, like, um, brief recap of some of the kind of like high level talking points from, you know, your, your, discussion as well as some of the other things we've already seen from Giannis, like it was kind of like almost like just like the cliff notes version for those who don't actually follow the bucks mm-hmm. um so shout out to you and the rest of you know kind of like the bucks beat for already kind of giving us that information already yeah. um because i didn't really think feel like i learned anything from the Woj discussion um,
1: that makes me feel very good, Frank. I will yeah. say that makes I me feel. I thought the funniest
0: thing was um, in the war discussion. Like they asked him about you know like not wanting to work out with players, and you know we've we've heard Giannis talk about this for quite some time about not wanting to, you know, feeling competitive, not wanting to like become buddy buddy or give stuff away to people. Um, I thought it was funny though because part of the way he framed it was you know it's like he kind of came back and he was like, "Did Kobe do that? You know, like did did KG do that?" Which is kind of funny because it was like. You know, it was it was a really kind of clever way to sort of answer the question by sort of, you know, asking a question to the question without, you know, because in, in that way, it wasn't like he was demeaning people who are close friends with other players, um, but also sort of taking it in a, kind of a, a kind of a funny way. Um, yeah. So anyway, and also kind of funny, too, because like Kobe and KG are like kind of like dicks. <laughs> so like the, fact uh, that, the fact that Giannis yeah. can maintain sort of like just this core likability and and everything like <laughs> while still maintaining that sort of level of competitiveness and and drive is um is why again like i don't know how we could have kind of like crafted a better superstar to have you know on this team or any team really than than Giannis. so um
1: while we're here did you like this man did a free signing in Stoughton, Wisconsin. For for those, uh, and again, I, I shout out to the uh, the athletic Stoughton, uh, which I'm sure is very well represented here uh, for listeners in our podcast. But like, Stoughton is not in Madison. Like, Stoughton is 30 minutes away from Madison. Stoughton is 90 minutes away from Milwaukee. And Giannis did a signing, all the autographs were free at a car dealership in Stoughton tonight. Like from five to 7 PM, that was what he did. And I, I mean, there were from uh, like, and I've had this confirmed from people that were there at five forty-five AM. People were at the car dealership waiting for the 5 PM signing for Giannis. Like, There was like fifteen hundred people at this car dealership because the MVP of the league decided that he was going to go to Stoughton, Wisconsin, and do a free signing. Like, what? Like, there's two weeks left in the season. Like, it's it's mind-boggling. It's truly mind-boggling that that person one exists in two plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, and three is twenty-four years old. Okay, like it's all just kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Giannis mania. I mean, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's it definitely says something that, you know, it'd be one thing if it was in Milwaukee that you got a ton of people to come out and, and try to see Giannis. But, um, you know, we've, we've obviously talked about it. I think especially during the Herb Cole era, this was definitely the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like, th- this was the team mm-hmm. of, that was a Milwaukee team it was not a team that had the statewide you know th- they were not loved and cared about in kind of a broader statewide sense the way certainly obviously the packers i mean they, they i don't think they ever will be as as sort of statewide as as the packers um and even the brewers um and part of that's like demographics and just the fact that the nba tends to skew towards you know younger more you know urban educated audience and so you know like in rural areas like the nba just probably will never be as popular That's just the way you know kind yep. of the way things are but um you know even in madison like never felt like the bucks were as popular kind of in madison as as you'd think but they've made a lot of efforts through you know like years and years of sending players out to kind of like do camps across the state through obviously the training camps in madison the games in madison preseason, and um you know i think again not that like this is is just that like taking hold or something like that. I mean, there's obviously, um, you know, a lot of things at play with this and number one, Giannis being an MVP candidate and, and the bucks being the best team in the league. I mean, all these things are are huge uh, pieces to it, but credit to, uh, the bucks and ownership for really trying to make an effort to make the bucks more of a, you know, a statewide thing. And it feels like, you know, all the kind of stars are now aligning to, to make that more of a reality. And, um, yeah we'll see i mean I, I i couldn't help but think back i think i don't know it was a couple of years ago uh, i think he did a, a signing you know pick and save the bucks often have those signings at pick and saves around yep. milwaukee and you know, i think he he was there supposed to be there you know again for like two hours and i forget how long he was there but he ended up like <laughs> you know going way over and he was basically walking and shaking hands with like everybody in line because i don't know if he was able to you know he's like he couldn't get to everybody and he's taking pictures and stuff and um you know again like he, he kind of is at the point in his career and, and, you know, he, he literally can't sign every autograph. Like there's too many, right. I mean yeah. um, the amount of time he puts in on the road to meet with, you know, the Greek visiting Greek fans in various cities and, you know, going out uh, by the team bus and signing autographs for, for fans, you know, like, I mean, he clearly continues to just go kind of above and beyond to to try to, go the ex, that extra mile and appreciate, you know, kind of what the fans mean and what they, they bring, and what they've meant to him. But, um, but yeah, I, it's uh it's, it's a different kind of, we're in a different plane now from where we were, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, so, so cool to see, by the way, can I, but before we, go on. I, I had one comment to say about um, the Harden and, and sort of the, the thirstiness of Harden and the Rockets for the MVP. Um, I think a lot of it is, there's an interesting history because in the first year that, that Steph Curry won the MVP um, the Rockets felt like there was a lot of like Harden should have won it type feelings in Houston. And then I think it was a year after that they were really had the really disappointing season. And so it really wasn't like any debate that year, but um, but then in, in the year that Westbrook had his first triple double season and he wins, there was a lot of, you know, anxiety. I think that was probably much, much more justified that Harden should have won it that year. And so I think there's been much more of a Harden has like not won it when he should have won it type feelings. And given kind of just where he is in his career, you know, he he's not he shouldn't be getting better. I mean he he I think did get better this year. Um but you know he's what twenty nine. So I think with Giannis there's much more of that feeling. I mean he's said said as much, right? Like he's he knows he can he knows there's going to be MVP candidate seasons ahead of him. Like he's, I think still sort of at the front, he's still trying to win a playoff series. Right. And, um, and so I think there's, I think part of it is Giannis's personality and versus Harden's personality for sure. Uh, I don't think anything explains the Adidas ad thing. That's weird. Um, But I think underlying part of this too, just the the general thirstiness um, is because, I mean, look at Harden's game. I mean, he's, you know, he's the best, one-on-one player we have in this league he's one of the best one-on-one players in the history of the game arguably the best one-on-one scorer especially with his step back three now maybe ever um and so yeah i mean you it kind of makes sense that a guy like that would weigh the sort of individual title of being the most valuable player more than a guy like Giannis, who while he loves just dunking on dudes and eviscerating people (laughs) physically Um, He also is at his core is a much more kind of like, you know, team, team guy. And he's not like a guy who's going to get, you know, pissed if he doesn't have a play drawn up for him or or whatever it might be. Right. So I think, I think it's an interesting kind of confluence of, of a number of factors, including kind of just recent history where Harden is in his career and just, yeah, I mean, also his personality that, you know, yeah, I mean, he's, he's more of an individual type player and, and obviously, you know, they're not going to be you know, the best team in the league this year. So part of it is sort of also just like they want to get something for it. Whereas the Bucks, I mean, they're the best team in the league record wise. Like, yeah, I mean, they want to, their, their main focus is winning games. And I think, I mean, I think the, the Rockets still have a chance to compete with the, with even the Warriors in the West. I think it's going to be really interesting to see in the playoffs, just where the kind of the Rockets shake out. Um, but I think also on some level, um, I don't know, there's maybe a little more sense of realism about, how hard it is for them to get over the hump, especially after how close they got last year. So, I think maybe the individual award takes a bit more precedence because they are not in the same class as you know some of the you know like I'd say the Bucks and and Raptors and and Warriors and, and even maybe Nuggets, although they're they're actually quite close in the in the West now as well. Yeah,
1: you know I think that's fair, and you know I, I also think like there's probably some built up tension with like rockets fans thinking about uh, you know mvps that harden deserved or you know like the i don't want to say the rules changing but in some ways like you know the way people voted changed when westbrook won it like the the, the thunder didn't win as many games as, as is typically the case when westbrook won it um and, and you know i think there there's probably some some hurt feelings there uh, as well so like i and i'm not trying to say like you know i blame rockets fans for being upset or um you know being more uh aggressive with their their feelings for the mvp or um being just more angry um in general about someone saying that someone else could win the mvp like i'm not sure to say any of that but um you know it is definitely there and, and I, I do think it's interesting um I don't think I really have anything interesting to say about the, the Clippers game. I kind of want to wrap it up and uh, edit this thing and, and toss it up. Is there anything you're thinking about with Bucks Clippers? Uh, obviously, the, the Clippers beat the Bucks last time. Uh, that was in, to me, in L.A. nightlife is undefeated kind of game. Uh, Saturday afternoon start in L.A., uh, front game of uh back-to-back which the bucks ended up winning in denver which i think maybe is their most impressive win of the season uh back-to-back second game in altitude in denver but obviously they had uh early in the year beat the the warriors in oracle on november 8th 134 111 then they lost to the clippers on that saturday in overtime on you know a lou williams uh kind of floater looking thing which was which was nice and then they went to Denver and ended up winning on that Saturday but you know I don't I don't know that there's really is there anything to learn is there anything to take away from from Bucks Clippers tomorrow night
0: I mean I think there's just the pride factor of you know the Bucks not losing back-to-back games or, or sorry two games to the same team right so obviously the Suns have been the only team to do that and so I think you know there is sort of that pride factor of yeah, these dudes, these dudes beat us, and that was a that was a really frustrating game. You know, losing in overtime. Um, you know, things just kind of didn't bounce their way, and um, I think Montrez Harrell was Montrez hit Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams. You know, ultimately hit some shots that were, you know, kind of just Lou Williams shots, and you know, it's just like f, you know, <laughs> like, uh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, I think there's you know, uh, there's just that sense that um, you know, it's getting late late in the season. You want to kind of knock out as many wins as you can to, to get the one seed in, in the league locked up as soon as possible. Um, it's eminently doable. They don't obviously – you know they can lose to the the Clippers and they'll still be certainly odds-on favorites to do that. It's not like it's you know a must-win game or something. But um, but the you know the sooner sooner you do that, the more flexibility you're going to have late in the season when it would be nice, obviously, yeah. to be able to manage some minutes and give guys some some rest days. So um, you know and especially at home, right? I mean the Bucks obviously like take a lot of pride in how good they've been at Fiser Forum, and um, I think certainly coming off the the Tuesday game, you want to avoid a letdown. Imagine Giannis being Giannis. Also, probably feels that slight smidgen of motivation. Chris Middleton probably too, because those guys didn't play. well. you know, like Middleton shot the ball horribly for most of the game. Was good during that like brief stretch when they really kind of reeled the Rockets in yeah. and and you know overcame the deficit and, and ultimately sort of turn the game but um, I mean six out of 23 is is terrible he had been playing better and so um, obviously you know you want to see middleton get back on track and you know Jan, a seven out of 15 is you know horrendous by his ridiculous standards so um you know I, I'm sure that uh, that those guys want to get back to to where you know they they have been and um so so yeah I think I think that's that's that and I by the way I never really we kind of talk philosophy about the kind of talk philosophy philosophically most about the Rockets or a Rockets game, sort of high level. But I, I will say this: I, my my kind of like final thought for this podcast, just kind of going back to that was, I mean, I'm I'm I was legitimately surprised that they were able to defend Harden the same way with even better results. Like I really thought that um, that Harden would figure that out. There were a few moments like I. I talked a little bit about how he's how he's been getting better at sort of those like little in between floater shots, and he he the they're really-
1: unbelievable. Yeah. They are unbelievable. The amount of skill that you need to make those shots is just out of this world. And he hit a bunch of them uh, in, in the first like quarter and a half, and it was just like, well, it, if he's hitting those, like, good luck.
0: Yeah, and I thought the the underrated thing that that really won the game in Houston was was Brook Lopez's defense overall especially on clint capella and that was complete opposite yesterday i mean capella mm-hmm. kind of was able to do what he wanted and whatever the um you know geometry was that they had figured out on the buck side in houston just they didn't they didn't figure it out yesterday uh and and capella really went to town and and ate out of eleven from the field so you know interesting that the rockets sort of figured out that sort of key piece but then you know, you just look up and down the rest of the roster. And as, as you pointed out, I mean, you can kind of do this with, with both teams, right? I mean, Chris Paul was kind of below average shooting. But, you know, 19 points on 18 shots, not horrendous. Um, but Harden, obviously, was was poor shooting the ball. Eric Gordon was terrible 0 for 7. Um, and, you know, again, P.J. Tucker, 1 out of 9. He missed a lot of good looks at threes. Uh, so, certainly, D'Antoni's comment, you know, like you like you guys pointed out yesterday, valid. They missed shots. Um but yeah. by the same token, uh, the Bucks. You know, I mean, they they did what they needed to do.
1: That's one of Chris's worst games of the season, right? Like six of twenty-three for thirteen
0: I, points. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, that's especially with that volume. I mean, it's rare to see him take that many shots, especially on a night when he when he can't hit anything. And um, I thought it was also interesting because I was kind of surprised that the the Rockets only ended up with sixteen turnovers. Um, but it felt like half of those were backcourt steals. Um, and I mean that. <laughs> The, the uh, has it been louder in a second quarter than when Bledsoe had that score and then the no. the, the steal and score um, that while they were making their run? I mean that was insane, right? Nope.
1: Yes, it it was absolutely unbelievable. And you know I was watching the replay of it today, and in my head, in that so in that sequence, Bledsoe has it's an end of the shot clock dime to Ilyasova for uh. A middle school layup so he, he finishes that he's on the ground he finished it over Harden so Harden's able to take it out of the basketball or take it out of the basket get behind the line try to toss it into J- uh to Chris Paul real quick Bledsoe jumps in front of it gets the land uh very clearly commits a delay of game foul yeah. uh as he just refuses to let James Harden inbound the ball quickly uh and I don't think anything was called um no, got they just kind game.
0: of said set- he got a delay game
1: Well, no, I, I, I mean, I guess, I guess it was only technically a delay of game, but it definitely went above and beyond a normal (laughs) uh, delay of game um, because there was physical contact there. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's flexing and, you know, just kind of getting into it. And then, you know, they throw that pass over the top to Chris Paul, Chris Paul comes down, kicks it out uh, or maybe he doesn't, but either way, it's a missed shot. Bucks come the other way and, it's Giannis Giannis in semi-transition kicks it over to Sova for like a right wing three that I swear he hasn't missed in three weeks like he's just he's just been so hot from three that it feels like he's hit a bunch of those and it was 37 34 he misses it and I to this moment I'm trying to debate whether or not him hitting it to tied at 37-37 would have gotten a bigger reaction than him missing it and then blood so just flying in from out of nowhere Grabbing the rebound, he hits the deck. He gets the same timeout that Chris Paul got earlier in the game, where Chris Paul was on the deck. Like maybe he had the ball, maybe he didn't, and he got the timeout. Bloodso gets it, but just the fact that it was Bloodso, like Bloodso had you know had the assist, then he got the steal, then he was in James Harden's face, and then all of a sudden he's in there for the offense rebound. Like I almost feel like Ursan missing that three allowed the crowd to get even more excited, get even louder, just because blood. So was kind of having that moment. And yeah, they, I totally agree. There that's the loudest Pfizer form has been in the second quarter this entire season. The
0: only thing, the thing I thought of was uh, the only thing I could think of was the play in game three last year. Uh, when deli. Uh, yeah, the deli steal and lay yeah. up at the buzzer to, uh, to end the first quarter of that, that game that, you know, yep. it was, was a huge blowout. Um, so was that game, was that I mean, game three was the blowout win game four. They were up a lot and then they ended up winning more closely. Was that game three though, that, that got that? I think I, it was, right? Anyway, whatever.
1: I For the life of me, I can remember if it was yeah. game three or game anyway, four. Anyway, but I just, um, I just know it ended the first quarter.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's good because, because I think, you know, I, I just think back to Chris Weber saying how it was like the quiet, quietest building ever or whatever, mm-hmm. like in that the Indiana game. And so I thought nice of Milwaukee to really show out and, and also nice of them to show out for like, ultimately like hustle plays, you know, like the appreciation yep. for blood. So, I mean, he only got three rebounds all game yesterday, but it felt like, you know, two of them were offensive rebounds. That one was, you know, stood out obviously for, for a, a couple of reasons. Um, but he had a, a number of plays, as you said, that were, um, you know, typically we think of highlight blood. So plays as like more kind of like shake and bake offensive type, you know, dribble move, dribble drive type moves or a dunk or something. But um, you know, with that, the steal, the rebound, and then of course that like chase down, like spike off the backboard block um, was uh, was kind of like the encapsulation of of sort of the that matchup in a lot of ways because I mean Bledsoe outplayed uh, Harden and I thought it was interesting that they you know Chris Paul didn't play I mean it's easy to forget I mean the Bucks went on the road but Chris Paul didn't play in that game um, versus in this game um, you know Chris Paul did play, and you're missing Brogdon. so certainly a, a big shift in terms of which team was healthy, which team was injured since the last time these two teams played. And so, um, you know, big credit obviously to Bledsoe. I, I, I was, you know, I said I was curious if Bledsoe would guard Chris Paul, and and maybe Sterling would guard Harden, but they kind of kept going with what had, you know, they had tried previously. And obviously, uh, overall tough to tough to complain with uh, with the result.
1: Absolutely, and also I. On the replay, I think last night I didn't give enough credit to Sterling Brown and just how annoying he was to Chris Paul. Um, And again, like 7 of 18 night for for Paul for 19 points, like not the most efficient night. And I thought Sterling was just a pain in his ass the entire second half. Um, So shout out to Sterling Brown for being able to do that as well. Um, All right, that's going to be it for us. Bucks Clippers tomorrow night. Uh, Frank will not be joining us. I will have to take care of that myself. That'll be fine. Maybe it'll be Kane. Maybe it'll be uh, my good friend, Matt, players only baby Velasquez uh, as well. Uh, We'll figure out exactly who it'll be, but we'll have a podcast for you coming up tomorrow night. This podcast, though, was brought to you by The 608 Show. That's The608.com. Words, not numbers. The608.com for videos, their message board, and more. Wisconsin-based, Wisconsin talk you won't find anywhere else. Find The 608 Show wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast locked on bucks. For Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. This is Ben Locked on bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow night.